What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Terminator 101. I'm Eddie Green, and in this episode, I'm joined by the multi-talented Mark Christopher Lawrence, who has been in a slew of films and television shows, everything from Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Christmas with the Cranks, a personal favorite Christmas film, I might add, The Pursuit of Happiness, Chuck, a lot of stuff. And of course, we talk about Terminator 2, Judgment Day. That's why he came on. Uh, we talk about, you know, his role as the Burley attendant, which if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's the character that the T-800, after Sarah tries to escape from the mental hospital and the attendants are, you know, trying to restrain her on the floor and uh, Arnold's character walks over, grabs him by the back and literally chucks him, no pun intended, into the window and uh, it's insane. So uh, that's his character in T2. We talk about, you know, the audition process. We talk about that stunt, um, whether or not Mark wants to return to the Terminator franchise, all that stuff. And then, of course, we uh, talk about other things about his career, some of his favorite films. We're both MJ fans, so we talk about Michael Jackson and the Bucharest concert. If you guys are MJ fans and you've seen that concert, there's a really funny bit in this episode between Mark and I about that particular concert. A lot of exciting stuff. Mark, thank you so, so much, seriously, for coming on and joining the roster of the Terminator talents that have been on previously. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. So without further ado, let's get into this episode, guys. Coming right up, we're joined by Mark Christopher Lawrence. And now before we get into the episode, I need to do something that I am so excited to do. I need to shout out the current and new Patreon members over on the Terminator 101 Patreon page. So without further ado, here we go. Amitesh Prasad, Danny Pirate, Engelbert Sebastian, Lucas Grudzian, Ruben Dobson, and T-Bob Art. Thank you Seriously, so much for your patronage, your loyalty to Terminator 101. It means the world to me. And if you want to join those names that I just listed and get extra content, benefits, all that stuff, head over to patreon.com slash T101podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Alrighty, guys, we are back here on Terminator 101, and uh, just wanted to thank my current guest on the podcast today. This is a very special one, Mark Christopher Lawrence. How are you doing today? I'm good, Eddie. How are you doing? I am doing good. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Um, I reached out to you and uh, about a month and a half ago, and uh, we finally were able to make our schedules align, and... Uh, here we are. So thank you so much for coming on. It means a lot. And, uh, to, you know, to, to, to kind of join the roster of the people that uh, have participated in the films means a lot to me. So uh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we get to uh, Terminator 2, I want to kind of I like to do this um, with the guests. I like to kind of find out how you got to uh, the point of being a professional actor acting on, you know, film, stage, television, what have you. So what was it that really gave you that urge to say, acting is what I want to do and I'm going to make it my, my career? Um, I don't know that 
that I set out and said I'm going to be an actor, that that's what I'm going to do. People say that I used to say I was going to be on TV, but I don't remember that. Um, I went to USC on a debate scholarship. Uh, I did individual events, and one of my debate coaches uh, had a friend who was an agent. And when I was a junior at, at USC, I took a voice class for speaking and centering and all that. And the instructor said, you can't pass the class unless you do two songs and two monologues. So I did that. And then he talked me into auditioning for the Bachelor of Fine Arts acting program at USC. And it's a four-year program. I was already a junior. I got in. They put me in as a sophomore. And um, I started working professionally that same year in theater and in television. Okay. Okay. So kind of like, like what, like, like if, if acting wasn't the way that your life was going to go, like, how do you think, like, what do you think you would have fallen back on if it wasn't something that turned out to be successful Ooh, for you? Well, I was going to go, I was going to go to law school. Was, you know, that was my main reason for going to USC. I was going to go to law school. Um, you know, like I said, I was there in a debate scholarship. So that was, gotcha. that was the plan. And it, uh, you know, <laughs> worked out differently. Absolutely. I mean, I was Right before we got on here, I was going through your uh, your IMDb page, and um, you have 107 currently credits to your name. So there's actually um, more because I started in 1986, and there was no internet then. <laughs> so, so, you, so so there's a lot of stuff that I did that's not on I, IMDb. Oh, okay. Like feature films or a lot of TV. I did a lot of TV in uh, early in career and some small parts in feature films. Yeah, that that happened early in my career. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And I know now now is sort of um, the way that your career has gone. You've kind of focused more on. You do a lot of stand up comedy, correct? Well, I've always done stand up. I, I I started doing stand up in high school. So uh, stand up is is that. Thing that sort of uh, gives me creativity when I'm not working in a play, you know, or or because uh, I, I I thrive on sort of live audiences. That 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 live thing feeds a beast within. And you're kind of um, you're kind of similar to uh, just from what I've seen. You're kind of similar to because you're. One of uh, your stage shows is uh, Clean Out of Compton, correct? Yeah, my uh, Dry Bar Comedy special is Clean Out of Compton, yes. So um, you're like, uh, you're kind of like Dave Coulier from Full House. He's kind of the, the guy that, you know, does the stand-up comedy, but he doesn't go in the, you know, the raunchy or the, the vulgar or... Yeah. And that's sort of like the like the kind of approach that you take as well. Yeah, I like I like doing comedy clean. I you know it's like it's anybody can drop an f bomb. It's like I don't I don't need to drop an f bomb to be funny. Uh, my my thing is I can be funny uh, just by using using my words without expertise. Absolutely. I mean, I saw him live and I thought he was hysterical. So um, we're gonna talk a little bit more as we kind of progress. Um, I just wanted to touch on that. So anybody listening um, can kind of, you know, realize that you've basically done it all. You've, you've done film, you've done television, 
stage, stand-up comedy? Have you done any kind of like directorial work? Uh, I do voiceover. I, uh, I'm an auctioneer. I um, have directed some theater. Uh, I've directed um, a couple of, of uh, comedy uh, shows that were basically stand-up, but I directed the camera. I've edited. I've co-directed my show on Pure Flix, which is uh, uh, pure comedy. So, yeah, uh, I think that's the next move is to focus more on trying to get in into uh, the director's chair and and create more um, as a producer. Terminator 101 will be right back after this quick sponsor. So 1991 is the year that I want to really focus on specifically because this is a uh, podcast dedicated to talking about the Terminator franchise. And when I initially pitched this to you, um, you know, part of the podcast is focusing on the James Cameron films in the franchise. Mm-hmm. And you were in uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yes. Um, so what I want to ask you is how did Terminator 2 come into your life? Like, how did you find out about it? What was the auditioning process like? Run me through like the whole gamut. Okay, so Terminator 2 was was at the time the most expensive film to make. I mean, it was I think they spent 210 million dollars at the time. And what happened was I got got a call from my agent, you know, about this audition. Um normally you can get the material beforehand that you're going to read and they said, "Well, they're not going to give you the sides. They call them sides." Uh if you want to read the script and you want to read the sides beforehand, you have to go to their office and read it. So I went the day before the audition, read the script, read the sides and worked on them sitting there. And then uh, I got home and the next day I go in for the audition and two months roll by and I don't hear anything. And uh, so 91, that's about three years after I graduated college. And all my debate friends were, you know, working at big law firms or clerking for judges. And uh, all of a sudden, my career felt a little stalled. I had I had uh, probably about two and a half, three months of nothing and I was concerned and I was like looking for something to do. So I was like, you know, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I should go back to law school. Maybe I should just find something that pays me. So I'm looking through the, <laughs> through the LA weekly and there's a half page ad for uh, a card dealing school. Learn to deal cards. We have placement in Monaco, Las Vegas, Reno, Tahoe. It's like, Oh, wow. Uh, $499. You can audit the first class for free and then uh, pay if you want to stay. So I decided I was going to do that. And here's where I believe your faith plays a big role in my life and in uh, my career, the way I would, as I look back on it, um, I believe that God puts me where he wants me to be. You know, puts and when I say me, I mean, you know, people, us. (laughs) And uh, so I go and 
audit this class. And 10 or 15 minutes into the class, suits come in and shut the class down. I don't know what agency they were from, but bottom line was they were laundering money through this class. And so that door firmly slammed. There wasn't wow. there was going to be no card dealing in my life. And <laughs> less than a week later or two weeks later, I get a call from a wardrobe designer for Terminator 2 asking me for my sides. I, I said, um, well, uh, I, what is this for? And she goes, oh, it's for Terminator 2. I need your sizes. So I said, oh, okay. So my agents hadn't even been contacted yet that I had the role. And, and really, the role was supposed to be a two-day thing. So I give her my sizes, and then my agent calls about an hour later and says, hey, so Terminator 2 wants you, and uh, it's, it's, it's really just two lines. So you'll be there two days, maybe three, so they're going to book you for a week just in case. I said, okay. So when, when I started the film, James Cameron one day says to me, uh, what would you say right here? And I just said something. I don't remember what it was. And he says, okay, come on, come with me. And then I kept working. It's like the end of the week came. I was still there and I was on the schedule for the following week. And I called my agent. I said, hey, this is not uh, two days, two lines. I said, this is becoming something else. And six weeks later, I was still there. Wow. So six weeks went by and you were still on set for something that you thought maybe three days at the most. Yeah, three days at the most. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So um, obviously films are shot like a lot of times they're shot out of order and, yes. and, and whatnot. Um, so your character and something I like I did want to ask you because I'm curious and I know a lot of people that are going to be listening to this might be curious the way I am. Did you like, because you're like the character's name is credited as Burley Attendant. Yes. <laughs> was what, like, like, did you develop like, 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 did you go real method on this and go, man, what is this character's name? Where no, is he from? I'm, I'm not a method actor. I don't, I, 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 I deal in slice of life. So um, here's the thing about acting. It's like, it's like, you don't want to, you don't want people to see you acting. So, um, Burley Attendant, two lines. I don't even think I did the work that I normally do now, the work that I do before a script, because it was only two lines. So then uh, every time James would put me in a scene, I would just, you know, this is what the character is doing today. <laughs> so it wasn't even, it wasn't even, uh, I, don't, I don't even know that I knew how to work the way I work now, if that makes any sense. Oh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because that was how like how old were you when that film was uh, shooting? In my twenties. In your twenties, because you had said that you had just graduated college, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, kind of looking back on it, you're like thinking maybe I would have done things a little differently, or do you think you would have just played it the exact same way that you played it? Well, if if it were today. Yeah, like if you were to do it today. Well, if it were today, I would pass because it was only two lines. It, it wouldn't be a role that I would accept. 
<laughs> true, true. I mean, but just like the idea of, oh my gosh, I get to be in the sequel to, were like, were you a fan of the first film? I loved the first film. Uh, the first film I thought was was riveting, and it it, it was it, it was relentless. Um, you know, the Terminator, uh, that character was relentless in, in his pursuit of Sarah Connor, and you know I was amazed by that film. That was one of my favorite films for a long time. So see, so so when you got that call, I mean, I'm sure, like, I'm just putting myself in your shoes. If I got a call like that, I'd be like, I am on it. But just if you were doing it today, you would turn it down, like regardless of the fact that it is like a Terminator film. Yeah, because it's it's uh, it's not where I am career wise. Gotcha. You know, what I mean, I, I think career wise, it's it's not a role that I would take. I mean, if, if they would offer me a different role, I, I you know, yeah. <laughs> Maybe as like Doctor Silberman. Um. Like yeah. the psychologist role, yeah, yeah. you know, so, just just something that worked longer. It's like it's like I wouldn't, I, I don't know that I I I do a two day role on something just because it was it was a sequel to a film that I like. Interesting. That's interesting. Um, now, probably another reason that you wouldn't take the role, but can, like, let me know if I'm uh, correct or not. When in that, like, when. In Terminator 2, your character, probably the, the most um, crazy moment for your character is when the T-800, Arnold's character, comes over um, in the hallway when Sarah's trying to escape. Mm-hmm. And you and a couple other of the attendants are, you know, trying to, to restrain her, her. Right. Right. And Arnold's character comes over and throws your character into the into the glass um uh window yeah uh that was not you correct no no that was okay that was a stuntman uh basically he comes over he pulls me up to where i'm sort of in a in a squat position and then we put the stuntman in and put him on uh a machine that uh, basically a catapult that catapulted him into the window and the window had oh this had this sort of mesh on it, like a uh, like a, a metal screen, you know that was that covered it. But it was it was not uh, real metal. It had like a rubber kind of thing in there. And I wanted to do the stunt, and I actually pitched to do it. And the stunt coordinator, Joe Kramer, said to me, uh, "Hey, Mark, um, here's the thing. There's <laughs> there's nothing on the other side of that window." There's, you know, so if you go through the window, there's nothing to catch you. And um, he says, and, and you, you can act. He, say, he says, you know, stuntmen, you know, do this job because, uh, you know, some of them can't act and, and it's, it's what they've chosen. He said, and it's high turnover because you can get hurt. And so when we did the stunt, you know, they got it in one take and the stuntman had a little sort of waffle pattern on his face from the from the thing on the window. And I was like, oh, he didn't get his hands up high enough. And then I was glad I didn't do it. Wow. I, that's crazy. Like, I didn't know that, uh, that you had actually pitched the idea of you doing that stunt. Like, you actually felt you were capable enough to... Hey, it looked like it was... Uh, it looked, well, I was in my 20s. It looked fun. You know, <laughs> you do stupid stuff in your 20s. I, you're like, right, like right now, I love watching bull riding. I'm so glad I didn't discover bull riding in my 20s. 
<laughs> oh man. Were you watching when the stunt guy did the stunt? Like, were you off on the side oh, and absolutely. just like watching? Absolutely. Cause I got to tell you, I mean, I'm sure they did a little, um, maybe like in post they, they like, they might've added a little bit of like audio to make it, you know, sell the fact that this guy slams into a window, but oh, that yeah. stunt, that, that stunt looks brutal. Yeah. It, it, well, the funny thing is, is, uh, my best friend, uh, when he saw it, he went, that's not you. <laughs> he could tell that it wasn't me. And, and, and the stunt man was taller than me and he had really red hair and I have sort of red hair. <laughs> So it was it was funny because I looked at him. I was like, we don't really look alike. <laughs> but you wow, know, it was what it was. Interesting. So, I mean, essentially, that's a, like that's basically the end of your character as we know it. Um, what was it like rapping on that film? Did you did you stay in touch as the years went on? Do you stay in touch with anybody associated with Terminator 2? Um, one of the stuntmen who was also an actor, uh, the one, the one in that scene who gets thrown through the window in the door. Okay. So he and I stayed in touch for a while and then, uh, and then our lives sort of went in different places. He, he got injured really badly on a, on a film, but, um, uh, I think over the years, you know, you just kind of lose touch with people. So, so Linda, Arnold, James, you don't really keep in touch with them or? Well, Linda was on, uh, she did an arc on Chuck. So we sort of reunited on Chuck when I, I did five, I did all five seasons of Chuck. And so when Linda came to do uh, an arc, she played Chuck's mother. So it was kind of nice to sort of reconnect with her. Interesting. Okay. Did what like was it something because I've actually had um Marianne Muller Liley, she played the wrong Sarah Connor in the first film, the one that Arnold uh mistakens for the you know the right Sarah Connor. Oh wow. Uh, and I had her on and I talked to her and um her and Arnold had another uh kind of reunion that like years later in Jingle All the Way, the Christmas movie with oh, Arnold. Yeah. Okay. And um she like she told me that you know she didn't bring up the fact that she she was who she was that they had worked on the terminator because arnold didn't recognize her she said mm -hmm. um was that sort of the same thing like like when you were reunited with linda did you guys no like, as soon as i saw linda she went oh and she was she was in she was in uh the makeup trailer and i came in and and it said my good morning to everybody and then she was sitting in the chair and i said hi linda and she went oh she stood up and gave me a big hug so she remembered me yes awesome that's what i wanted to hear because um i felt bad honestly for marianne that you know arnold didn't recognize her i think she looked like maybe a little different or um well you gotta, you gotta you, figure but... i mean it was years in between it's like you know you, you you don't see somebody for years it's like like every almost every comedy gig that i do someone will come up to me and say, do you remember me? Or you, you don't remember me, do you? And it's like, and I haven't seen them since high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so, so it's like, it's, it's hard to, to remember people when you're, when you're meeting people, you know, sometimes by the hundreds or thousands daily. True. Absolutely. And I mean, I can only imagine Arnold's status, like, yeah. 
Absolutely. But she, she then told me that she made a, like a, she made an effort to not re- like remind him. She just didn't want him to yeah. remember, like remember. And I was like, and I, and I kind of thought that was like interesting how she approached that. So I just wanted to see if that was uh, the same with you and Linda, but Linda remembered you. So that's awesome. Um, so that's well, Terminator well, I'm, too. I'm I mean, very charming and, and charismatic, so it's very easy to remember me. <laughs> absolutely, because we're gonna get to that. Because um, I have a funny like Terminator Two was not my introduction to you. Um, we're gonna like we're gonna talk about that, but um, Terminator Two is definitely going through your filmography. Um, you know, amongst all those credits, I mean, it's it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. Do you get a lot of recognition for that? And you're kind of wondering why mm, I was just. No, no. Uh, I think I'm most recognized from Chuck and from a film called Fear of a Black Hat. Um, and I always tell people that that my very first job, very first audition was for Hill Street Blues, which changed the way we watch TV. All cop shows are modeled after Hill Street Blues. And then uh, Terminator 2 change the way we watch movies with all the morphing. So um, I, I'm proud that I've, that I've done those two things because they, they uh, are in film history. They're part, a huge part of film history and the way movies are made. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, I, mean, I, don't get, I don't get recognized from Terminator until people get to know me. And then when they, when they know me and they see me in it, and then they, I'll get a text in the middle of the night. Dude, I didn't know you were in Terminator 2. Well, okay. Right? It's just, yeah, like, I, man, I would imagine that you just, out of all of the stuff you've done, be proud of, you know, like you said, Chuck or 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 all the other stuff, but definitely Terminator 2 for some reason. It's just, you know, because it is regarded as one of the greatest films of all time. Oh, it's an iconic film, no, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. It's Absolutely. Iconic. Now... Um, I know that you've been asked uh, by other like Terminator um, uh, websites or what or like whatever, but do you have any aspirations to return to the franchise? Maybe not as that character, but like if they were to offer it to you, say, hey, Mark, Terminator 7 is shooting. Um, do you want to come back? Oh, and it's a, would, it, it's a substantial role. I would love to work on another Terminator movie um, if it made sense. You know, it's, it's like... Um... Uh, I think the third one, something was odd about it. It, it. I think it crossed the timeline or something that that made it not really work for me. But um, uh, I, yeah, I would love to be in another Terminator film, uh, it, you know, especially if James Cameron was was directing it. I, it's 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 interesting. Uh, out of all the directors I've worked with, uh, he is so meticulous and knows exactly what he wants that it it makes it very easy to do your job. That's okay. So that that was actually a question I wanted to like ask you. You've worked with so many people. So how does Cameron compare to all the other ones? But you kind of just answered it that he probably stands out um, at like at the top of the list of like almost Stanley Kubrick style, well, probably well, like how obsessive. He's he's yeah, definitely stands out in in that he knows what he wants. Like I worked with in theater. I worked with Reza Abdo, who was very meticulous in the same sort of way. Um, but it was theater. And then uh, uh, and then the flip side of that is I work with Rusty Cundiff, who will come to set and say, hey, so uh, we have to say these words to move the story, but do what you do. 
So he gives you this freedom that you're not really given, you know, in movies. And and so I think at the top of my list would be Rusty Cundiff because because he uh, invites you to create with him. Awesome. Wow. Man, so this is the part that I wanted to tell you that because Terminator 2, as much as I love it and, you know, admire it, that was not the first film that um, introduced me to Mark Christopher Lawrence. I Try to guess the film out of, like, out of all the films that you've seen. On, I'm going to give you a hint. It's in the early 2000s. This is like the first movie that I ever saw with you in it. And you actually have a, a pretty substantial role in it. And it's one of my favorite movies, honestly. I have no idea. Just tell me. <laughs> Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, hilarious. I love Christmas with the Cranks. They gave me a bike for Christmas. That's awesome. Like, I I swear to you, like, that is in my top five favorite Christmas movies. Um, Tim Allen is a hoot to work with, by the way. Yes. You and him uh, uh, shared screen time together. He comes over to you and says, can I borrow your tree? Yeah, his, his, and, his, his uh, on stay, on set personality is amazing. He's really, really cool people to work with. Just a couple of years later, you did another film that is uh, like a, a, a terrific film uh, with Will Smith. You did The Pursuit of Happiness. Um, and that film just really looking back on it, I'm 26 now and that film is so inspiring and, and um, I love that film so much. So that's awesome that you've like really touched on so many different genres you've, you've done. um, Unfortunately, I've never seen Chuck. um, So I can't really comment on that, but I do know like how successful of a a show that was. Um, So you've had all these, you know, varying, courses in your career so it's awesome that now you are doing the stand-up and um you know trying to get into the directorial work and uh and and what have you so what is like the next big thing that you're really excited about that uh maybe you can tell us about uh there's nothing really uh on the on the short list i just finished like i said pure comedy and um right now i'm kind of uh trying to find funding to do uh, an album i want to uh, a lot of times i do comedy a lot at churches and every time i'm at a church doing comedy someone asks me for my music because i always start my show at a church by singing and uh i don't <laughs> someone goes hey do you have a do you have you know a cd of your music and i uh, no i don't have a cd and um because i never really considered myself a singer but i sing and a gentleman here in San Diego, uh, who I did a play with, uh, Sean Rolfe, you know, he says, dude, you should totally do an album. So he and I are kind of toying around with uh, an album of hymns. And so I just got to find a way to fund it without, you know, going broke. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's a, the next thing that I'm kind of working on that. And I'm working on a one man show, a theater piece that's characters wrapped in stand up characters wrapped in stand-up like what do you mean so um there's a lot of comics that are very funny that aren't good actors and then there's a lot of actors that are very good actors that aren't good comics and i'm good at both and uh i had a 
comedian friend come to me and say, uh, hey, uh, you're good at both. I got an idea for a one-man show. Uh, let me know what you think. So we sat down and talked about it and started creating characters. And so basically the show is I come out, do some stand-up that introduces a character, and then the character does whatever he or she does, and then back into stand-up, and here's another character. And so right now we have 10 characters, but I only want to be on stage for 90 minutes, so we'll probably do six or seven at a time. And it's and it's all you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's... And like where, like where are you looking at like uh, uh, performing that? I'm going to develop it here in San Diego. The goal is to get to Broadway. Man. Awesome, dude. I really like because I love um, I I really do love one man shows. I I've seen a couple throughout uh, my life. I've seen um, uh, what was it? Ed Asner. He did a, mm. a one man show as I think Roosevelt. I believe that's who he was. Mm-hmm. And it was captivating. And it was literally just a, you know, a stage with a with a set. Right. And it was him. And, and, and he held the audience the whole way through. And right. Um, that's, you know, really uh, inspiring because I used to do acting back in the day and I had a real passion for it, but, um, I totally understand the, the, the intensity and, and what have you of trying to do something like that of, uh, commanding the audience, but getting rid of all your other castmates and you still have to command the audience Yeah, it's, just with, I think it's more of, it's, it's more of, uh, you know, sort of the way Chris pitched it to me was let's create something that, showcases everything you can do and so that's that's what we're that, that's what we're trying to get done um uh, i have a character that sings in it i have a character that that dances a little bit so yeah we'll we'll uh we'll explore everything that i can do awesome so um i'm gonna have uh, because I know that you sent me some links and whatnot. So I'll like in the bio for this episode, I'll have those, but uh, where can people, if they want to keep up to date with you, uh, where can they do that? Uh, Instagram, Mark Christopher Lawrence, Twitter, Mark CHR Lawrence, uh, Facebook. Um, I believe it's MCL actor comedian. And that's when that's regularly updated and, and yeah. you'll have all the yeah. notifications. Whenever, and... Yeah. Whenever I'm doing stuff, uh, all three of those places, I, I definitely post. Perfect. And uh, before I let you go, um, because uh, I really appreciate you donating your time here. Uh, I just wanted to ask a, just a couple random questions just to kind of see what your answers are. Sure. Um, out of all the films you've seen in your life, what is the one film that you could like you could look at it as me asking you what's your favorite film of all time mm-hmm. but or if that's too hard to answer what's one film that just really stands out to you and you keep coming back to it uh, i tell you every time i'm flipping through the channels and it's on i stop and watch it Tomb- what is it again tombstone tombstone yeah is that with? It sounds very Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer? and uh, uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Is it a western? It's a western. 
Okay. Yep. I watched it I five seen... times in the theater. No joke. And every time I see it, I find something else that I missed. And would that also qualify for your favorite film of all time or no? It's right up in my top three, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Have you seen a film called, uh, because this is in my top five, it's um, from 2010. It's called 127 Hours. Uh, that's the guy that fell between the rocks. Yeah, well, uh, James Franco. Yeah, that 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 was uh, that gave me so much anxiety. <laughs> right, and to know that it's an actual true story, right. and I mean, that's another right. that's a perfect example of, for the most part, James Cameron or uh, James Cameron, James Franco, um, was basically doing a one man play. Yeah, yeah, and and totally riveting. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was uh, it was definitely. It made me go, okay, note to self, never go rock climbing. (laughs) (laughs) Man, yeah, that was uh, that was a film I saw multiple times in theaters. And then recently, uh, this kind of beat my record. It was uh, seven times. I think I saw La La Land in theaters. Mm. Um, And that film like did a lot for me because I love musicals. And and uh, did you catch La La Land as well? I haven't seen that one. No, no, man. Definitely check it out for sure. Because I mean, I'm going to take your recommendation of Tombstone because it's always crossed my radar, but it never looked like something that might be, you know, right up my alley. But um, definitely I'll give it a shot. But La La Land, if you like musicals and and, you know, obviously there was the whole hype of it. It, you know, got a million Oscar nominations and Mm -hmm. um Speaking of Oscar nomination, like, like, what is your view on just being an actor and the whole idea of getting awards? And uh, does like, like, does that factor into how you make your decisions, or is it just I'm doing this because I love doing it, and then if an award comes my way, Great. that's even yeah, better. yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I work because I love doing the work. Um, if if I was sort of relegated to just having a career in theater. I'd be fine with that. Um, but because of the way my journey has been, I was blessed enough to do television and film uh, and theater and voiceover and stand up. You know, so it, it um, for me, it's just it's just working, just continuing to work and have fun doing what I what I'm doing. I think, uh, you know, I don't know who said it, but but. They say if you if you love what you do, you'll never work a day. And I love what I do, even even like in stand up when it's a tough night, you know, it's 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 still fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are great answers. Um, Favorite favorite musical artist of all time. Ooh, of all time. That's a hard one. Yeah, right. I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that I have a favorite of all time, but I love Sam Cooke. I love Keb Moe. I love Prince. I love Michael Jackson. Um, there's so many. I, you know, it, it's hard. To, it's hard to say. Uh, Gladys Knight, uh, uh, Donnie McClurkin. There's so many. Uh, you know, I, I have a very eclectic taste in music, so um, it's hard to narrow it down to one just depends on like what kind of mood you're in. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, well, and I will say this. I'm, I'm, I'm very lyric driven. So lyric, okay. you know, I love the poetry of music. And then I love a great beat. Like, like, like recently my, my favorite thing to uh, listen to and watch is uh, there's a, there's a YouTube video with Prince and I want to say Tom Petty and like four or five other guitar players playing while my guitar gently weeps. Um, you, you should, you should go onto YouTube and find it. And I gained a whole new respect for Prince just because of what he does with the guitar in this thing. And okay. So it's what, like, what, like, what should I type in again? Uh, while my guitar gently weeps, Prince, and it'll, okay. it'll come up. Um, awesome. But there's these great guitar players on stage, and then Prince starts playing, and, and they're all looking at him like, wow. Man, out of everyone that you said there, for sure, Michael Jackson. I mean, oh, yeah. and talking about someone that had incredible beats, but, you know, didn't always just do the kind of you know poppy stuff i mean yeah. talk about lyrics meaning something yeah i mean yeah oh man my favorite mj album is dangerous like that whole album is is incredible i mean you got will you be there um you know uh it's so many per- like black or white that's right. a beautiful song right did you ever get to work like did you ever cross paths with Michael Jackson or now? Uh, I had an agent once that had an office in the same building as Michael Jackson. And twice I met Michael in that building. Um, I go to my agent's office and Terry was always so funny. She'd go, I, I came in, she goes, uh, how long are you going to be here? I said, uh, probably about 10, 15 minutes. She goes, okay, come on, we got to go downstairs. And so I go downstairs. I said, We're in the elevator. I said, said why well, we go downstairs? She goes, Michael Jackson is coming. And so we get down to the lobby of this building and security is there. And there are a lot of people that have come down from their offices and Michael comes in and shakes everybody's hands and gets on the elevator and goes to his office. Wow. That was I a trip. am jealous. That was a total trip. I bet. And, 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 and both times I made a joke about it because uh, I remember watching the the concert when he was in Bucharest, and people paid yes. all that money to be right down front and then passed out. And I was and, and, yeah. and, I, and I would say, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I'm I've I've never been truly loved because nobody ever passes out when they see me. I said, not even my mom. And so uh, uh, as Terry and I go down the elevator, I said, I said, I hope you don't pass out, Terry. I said, it's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I uh, that's something that's always blown me away because I know exactly. I was just watching it the other day, the Bucharest uh, tour. Yeah. It's like, he, it's like he comes on stage and right down front. Yeah, like they're literally, they're literally throwing people over like the crowd to get them to like security so that the security can get them, you know, it's like a paramedic. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like, wake wake up, you spent a bunch of money to be here. (laughs) Oh man, what if, what if those were just like, 
what if that was just for the like the like the home viewing audience and it was all just like <laughs> to really up the ante of like this is the power of Michael Jackson. He makes people pass out at concerts they paid for. Awesome gimmick. Maybe I should get somebody to pass out at my comedy shows. <laughs> <laughs> just have like the same person in the audience every time just pass out. <laughs> oh man! But now I will tell you That's this: awesome. that one of my clips, uh, the, one of the one of the uh, clips that I sent you, it says "killer jokes." Uh-huh. Uh huh. True story. So when you watch it, it's a true story. It happened. It happened for real. Yeah, every story in my act, there's some element of truth. But this, I basically tell this story verbatim. It's gotten 16.4 million views on Facebook. Wow. Awesome. All right, well, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely going to pay attention to it because, I mean, um, you're just you like you really are. And during this conversation, you know, it's one thing when you're, you know, in my case, watching someone on screen and, you know, you kind of develop, you know, how you think they might be in real life. And then, of course, when you're communicating with them through messaging or whatever, it's 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 a whole other thing. It's just, you know, it's just digital words on a digital screen right. but once you start to hear them and you and you know you realize that you know they're you know they're down to earth they're humble you know they're funny i mean you've really definitely uh uh you know made this a very awesome time and i really do appreciate the you know you coming on and and talking you know a little bit about terminator because that's you know the focus of the podcast but then of course I wanted to uh, kind of touch on some other things. Of course, I wanted to mention, you know, Christmas with the Cranks because that was honestly the first thing I ever remember seeing you in, and uh, I don't know why that stuck, you know, stuck out to me. Yeah. And then, of course, when I connected the dots, and I was like, "Wow, that he was also the guy in Terminator." That's crazy. Um, and then, of course, just going through your filmography and and seeing all the things that I've seen you in. So, um, you know, I. Uh, I applaud your career. I applaud the fact that uh, you're still working. You know, you're, you haven't given up on it. You're, you know, you're still out there doing what you love. That's awesome. And, um, last question before, uh, you know, before I let you go, um, comedian that you would love to collaborate with. Hmm. That, that, that you might not have like had the opportunity to yet. Michael Jr. Is he also sort of similar to the way you approach your comedy, or is he like someone that's totally different, he's, and that's why you? He's want? he's uh, he's a Christian comedian, um, but he makes me laugh every time I watch him. And um, yeah, I like to collaborate with him just 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 uh, just to see the way he works up close and personal. Well, there we go. There you heard it there, folks. Um, thank you, Mark, for coming on. And uh, I'm going to send you the link to this so that uh, once it's, you know, all finished and processed and edited together, um, you can listen to it and uh, share with whoever you'd like. But uh, I really do appreciate you coming on. And I really do hope if we're not going to see you in the film this this year, Terminator Dark Fate, um, maybe the sequel to Terminator Dark Fate, because I do think that it would be uh, – a nice little wink to the audience of that guy that was in Terminator two. He's also in this film and to be a, you know, totally different character, obviously. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, it would so. be. I, I, I didn't even get called in for this, for this last one. So, you know, 
life life goes on. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's there. It, you know, there was a bunch of rumors uh, going around of you know casting everybody from you know Michael Bean who played Kyle Reese to mm. Robert Patrick's coming back and um. You know, I I say leave all that alone. Like the major characters, leave those alone. Of course, you have Linda coming back and Arnold coming back, um, and this marks the return in some form of Cameron coming back to the franchise. He produced it, but right. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, this is negating three, four, and five, so uh, it's going to be hopefully the true sequel to Terminator Two. So there's a lot riding on this. Hmm. So um, looking forward. I don't know. Looking if you forward to seeing it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if you follow it, like, you know, like with a keen eye the way I do, but um, my, uh, my, my, my hype is continuously being raised. So, um, anyways, I could, before I go on a, like, on a rant about it, um, hopefully we see you in uh, a future Terminator film, but uh, go check out um, obviously all his social media and uh, we're going to stay in touch, hopefully. Yeah, stay in um, touch, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And, and now that you got me setting up this this podcast thing, maybe I'll maybe I'll do a podcast. You know, <laughs> there you go. And I mean, I will definitely listen. So <laughs> it's awesome, seriously. Like it, it, it's a real awesome platform, and um, you know, you can do stuff like this, and it's real simple and down to earth. So cool, awesome, man. Thanks, Eddie. I'll, uh, absolutely. Talk to you later. All right, take care. And that's a wrap. Thank you, Mark, for coming on the podcast. And thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're not already doing it, follow Terminator 101 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at T101Podcast. And check out the Patreon if you want extra episodes, content, and benefits. Patreon.com slash T101Podcast. And of course, the YouTube channel where I have new videos and my brand new live stream show, no Fate But What We Stream, co-hosted by Gershom Reese Wetzel. Awesome, awesome stuff going on over there. YouTube.com slash Terminator 101 Podcast. Until I talk to you guys next time, keep on terminating.